Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening how are things going out there flyers fans everyone in a good mood everyone's Yay. just chilling you know it's the summer free agency hasn't started yet it's just a just a relaxed time here uh within the flyers fan base so let's see if we have something to talk about today let's see if there's anything maybe we can drum up uh, to to discuss with this fucking hockey team. Uh, let's lead it off as we always do with the intros. Filling in tonight, we have the uh, Mr. Fly Purbly, Steve Jaco. Hey, how you doing? Not great. Not great at all. Every time you say, well, it can't get any worse. My God, do the Flyers find a way. You really have to appreciate the Flyers' commitment to the bit at this point. I think it's time oh, for... Always, always can respect a commitment to a bit. Oh, they they heard you say that one time, Charles, and they were like, well, we got to keep going. <laughs> They're committed. You know, that's the one thing. They are committed to just driving us all insane. I think it's time for Uncle Chuck to finally pull the trigger on that retirement community he's been eyeing up. In a week where NASA is dropping mind-blowing images from the Webb's telescope every day, the thing I'm having the most trouble wrapping my head around is Chuck Fletcher's strategy for the Flyers. hey just see what, see how it goes. See how it goes as the strategy. Well, let's try this. Eh, let's see how they react. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Before we descend into total madness on this episode of Broad Street Hockey Radio, I just want to thank everyone that came out to our draft party. Um, Bill and Steve and I were there. I thought it was a great time. I hope everybody that came had a great time. It seemed like everybody it was did. One of our, it was one of our better draft parties, I'd say. I thought it was good. The venue was very good. Um, everyone seemed to be having a good time. Gritty hung around for more than 10 minutes. I feel like last time Gritty came, he like made a lap around bullies and then he was out the door. Yeah, Gritty basically ran around, took some high fives, and that was it. Like This time, yeah. he, he actually wouldn't leave this time. No, he hung <laughs> out for a little while. We were like, buddy, we're, we're trying to do Quizzo, man. Could you... Uh... <laughs> Gritty yeah, whipped but... me with a rally towel. Oh, that sounds like he might like you. <laughs> something. <laughs> we we had a weird anyway, dance yeah. off, Gritty and I. It thanks, was it was strange. Thanks for coming. I'm glad everybody came. We had like some people attend virtually for a moment, which was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Next time you should come if you didn't. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the venue. I hadn't been to Philly Live before. I haven't been in the casino. Sports yeah, and neither. social was cool. First for me. Uh, I didn't eat. Food looked good, but I had plenty of drinks. There you go. And uh, they worked. So it was a good time. <laughs> I had two sliders and a pretzel, and I approve. Last but certainly not least, the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. Yeah. Um, so the more this offseason plays out, the more I think that we actually might get the accidental tank. I, I'm thinking. Know. I'm thinking we're we're gearing up for an accidental tank, folks. 
it's so hard to to comprehend the idea that it's accidental at this point (laughs) oh no it's accidental yeah they think these moves are good yeah cool 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 cool, like i think there's a high variance pot like and not like there's not any way they're going to be able to put together a cup contender so it's not like extremely low floor extremely high ceiling uh but like I think there's so many possibilities for this team where it could just blow up and like the locker room is fighting each other by Christmas mm-hmm. or they could, it could be 2016. Like they could be pretty good. Like, you know, yeah, they're all right. Like eh, it's, it's okay. You know, they're made, they're a borderline playoff team in a, in a conference with seven or eight playoff teams. Hmm. I feel like at this point, if they make the playoffs, Torts is just a lock for coach of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. They're going to have to rename the trophy. I might might put a bet on that, like, as soon as the odds are released. Because, like, if they make it, he wins. It's like a one-to-one scenario. It's not even close. $20 to throw down, to be honest with you. You're going to make a bet. So, as as most of you know, uh, Oscar Limblom about to be or has been bought out, whatever. He's put on waivers. They're going to buy him out. I don't know the timeline, but yesterday, so they have a little more cap room right now, but yesterday, uh, Monday, July 11th, there were two teams with less cap space than the Flyers. One is Tampa, who have gone to three straight cups and are like fucking amazing. And the other is Vegas, who is a very good team with like three superstars and then a whole good second line too. Um, And then, then the Flyers. Mm-hmm. I swear I'm not going to be completely negative today. There are some things I like. There's some things I just want to look at the other side of, maybe analyze uh, you know, from a not negative perspective. But fucking how are they spending this much money? They That's have wild. zero great players. Like, even like, okay, if Ellis comes back, like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good top pairing guy. Maybe? He ain't going to the Hall of Fame. Like, Sean Couturier's a nice 1C. He's not Nathan McKinnon. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. Like, how are they spending this much money? What are they spending it on? And how has Chuck done nothing to clear it out? Like, it's almost like he's like, oh, 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 for agencies tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I should probably That's, I should probably get rid of some money. I think I think it was in the Carcidi article where it was like the Flyers have players that if you put them on waivers, no one would take them. Yeah. Call that bluff. Them. Call them. that bluff. Well, I mean, they can't do it now. There are no waivers in the offseason. Aside from if you're trying to buy somebody out, which is what everybody yeah. did today. Uh, like, try it. Like, if you're gonna, I, I just... I mean, well, well that's, just, that's just you being mad and wanting to see them do something to pacify your anger. I, I want to see yes. them do something to get better. Well, the, the thing is, like, if they put they if they put James Van Reems like on waivers, it's just going to make it clear to everyone that no one wants him. Like, there's no reason to. Why? The only reason why you would do that is because you're saying, "See, we're right that these guys all fucking suck." Well, no one wants him now. He's still here. Yes, he but what's the point of putting the guy on waivers other than to make you happy? To clear some space. But no one's going to some- pick him up for nothing. No, Maybe if they were going to, he would have been traded already. Without attaching anything, with nothing in return, it's totally the possible. The only way he's going to get traded is if the Flyers give them something to take him. Exactly. So, so waivers is them getting nothing to take him, just picking up his entire salary. So fucking buy him out. Get rid of him. That's not a good idea either, because it doesn't clear that much cap space. Does it clear any? It clears some. Oh, there you go. 
Not enough to do anything worthwhile. He's, He's not, not worthwhile. Voice. He's not worthwhile. None He's of no this good. is. None of these moves make any sense. Everyone's just banging their heads against the wall because nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Just the, like their allocation of assets, and we're gonna get into Tony D a little later. Like, if you were gonna do it, you know, like last year maybe when you could have had him yeah. for nothing, literally nothing. Like, if you're no. gonna do it, let's like you're gonna do it. Uh, let's wait a year. And pay a premium. Let's give up three draft picks and ten million bucks. Like it, it, the people who run this team don't know what they're doing. It's fucking incredible. They're actually really bad at this. Uh, but before we get into any of that, before this show descends into any further madness, <laughs> Charlie, how's development camp? Uh, it's great. You know the fact that they're doing development camp while they're making all these moves that are really dumb. Um, well, actually, the, the, move, the move they made that, that made little sense to me was the D'Angelo trade. That happened at the draft. The Limblom like buyout. Like the thing with the Limblom buyout is that it does make sense, sort of. But like based on what they're trying to do, it doesn't. Like that's the point I made in my yes. column where it's like yes. Oscar Limlam is not worth, has not played the last two seasons like a player who's worth a $3 million cap hit. You're able to buy him out and not just get the full $3 million, but you're able to get an extra uh, $333,000 in cap space. So on that level, it makes sense. What doesn't make sense is that, number one, you just hired a coach who wants to implement structure and defense to the team. So what do you do? Well, first, before he even hired him, you re-signed Rassel versus Lion, who sucks at defense. Then, you go out and you trade for Tony D'Angelo, who's even worse at defense. And then, you buy out one of your few good defensive wingers. In addition, you want to change the culture around the team, because your coach who you just hired, one of the first things he said in an interview with the network that runs your games is that the locker room is splintered. So what do you do? You trade for a guy who got kicked off one of his teams and is not a good character guy by a lot of people's estimation. And then you buy out the guy who beat cancer, who everyone on the team loves, and is everything that screams, like, literally, I am willing to die for the hockey team. That is not an exaggeration. Yeah, like, like he literally what, played that year. Like, yeah. what are we actually doing here? You yes. identify problems, and then you do the opposite of what one would think yes. addresses the problem you identified. It's like how we say... You know, in theory, they understand there's a salary cap, but they don't, like, prioritize, no. like, they know, like, they know that that means you have to spend certain things for, and, like, not have other things that you want because you can't afford them. Like, they, they see that there are problems, and then they do the opposite of fixing them. The point that I made in my column, and we discussed, discussed this on this show. This The problem with the Flyers dates far back beyond Chuck Fletcher, beyond mm -hmm. Ron Hextall, yeah. beyond mm – -hmm. this is something that has been going on for decades. And what the problem is is that, you know, everybody talks about the Flyers got to – you know, we got to get back to the old ways. We got to get the old identity. The brand of the Philadelphia Flyers for decades has been one word, chaos. That is their brand. Their brand is chaos. Their brand was chaos when they were good. They were always doing something crazy. There was always something crazy happening in the organization. They were not a well-run, cohesive organization in terms of, like, actually having some sort of stability. Like, they were ripping the C off their captain's jersey on national television. They were mutinying on Bill Barber. They were, you know, they were making these massive trades and giving away Peter Firing Forsberg their coach with cancer. 
They were yeah. firing their coach with cancer. They were firing their coach after getting to the cup final. Like, their brand has always been chaos. The problem is, is that before, it was fine because they spent more money than God so they yep. could buy their way out of their tendency toward chaos. What you're seeing over the past 12 months in particular is they're trying to get back to being the chaos franchise where we do all the stuff. You know, we're going to make moves and we're going to get headlines and we're going to make everybody turn their heads because we're the fucking flyers. And the problem is that you can't do that in a cap world because when you make a mistake, you can't just buy it back. You have to then deal with it, which is how you get into a situation where you spend a second round pick to dump Shane Gossespierre to over to overpay and then overspend for Rasmus Ristolainen. And then a year later, you then send three more draft picks to get Shane Gossespierre, but right handed and more of a character problem. Yeah, more of an asshole, which the problem with Shane Goss's bear was like, he's an asshole. No one likes him. He doesn't listen to the coaches. He's got to go. So we just went and got a different kind of asshole. Yeah, they just very different. Special yeah. Kind. Yeah. It's it's really incredible. Uh, like it's like they're trying to the, play the hits, but they can't play them. Anymore. They're trying to play the hits, but they can't play the hits anymore because everybody's gotten too old. And yeah. it, it's like it's like that Bowling for Soup song, 1989. Like, that's where we're at. They're, uh, like, uh, they're just absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I, None I, of this makes sense. That is ast- that, that astonishing think to, me, that to, to watch. To, that, to me, is what is, is the most frustrating. Yes. Like, I make this point in my column. The thing with Ron Hextall, and I am not absolving Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall made a lot of bad moves. Ron Hextall blew the second overall pick. He didn't know how to fill out a roster correctly. He, you know, he hired the wrong coach. But at least with Ron, his plan made sense. It yeah. didn't work in the end, but it made logical, cohesive sense. I could buy it. it I, in retrospect, he screwed up on the execution so much that it wasn't going to work. But at least the plan made coherent sense. This plan doesn't make coherent sense. It makes no, no, co- no coherent sense at all. I, even Crazy Paul Holmgren had a semblance of a plan. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I can, I can get behind a plan if it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Getting Tony D'Angelo doesn't make sense. No, that's... Even I don't if even, I like, dis- like, look, look, I have my issues with Tony D'Angelo, the person, in terms of what I've heard about him, and in terms of the fact that he's gotten kicked off teams and whatnot. He's a good hockey player. He's not a good hockey player for this team. Yes, that is the big, that's the, and that's the thing that's frustrating about the D'Angelo move is because he's such an asshole and because he has all this baggage attached to him, you can't even dig down to the fact that the biggest problem with this move is that it doesn't make any sense from a hockey perspective. Yeah. And now you have $5 million tied up in yet another defenseman that gives up a fuck ton of goals against and we can't score any goals, really. And it's like, it, it, nothing is made, and every subsequent move makes it more and more clear that they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Like, okay. And also, not only do they not know what they're doing, but also for a team that is struggling to, as Charles said, build an identity and also win back a fan base that they are rapidly losing. They, the way, like, okay, so we talked about buying out Oscar Lindblom last week, and we said it would suck if it happened, but he's not been playing that well. If he's got to go to make the team better, 
Okay. If you're going to buy out Oscar Lindblom, like you could have done it two weeks ago. You could have let everyone have their crying. You could have let everyone get over it and then bring in Tony D'Angelo on draft day. And those two things are separated in people's minds. Doing them two days apart, essentially, you've now locked these two things together. Now it's you brought in Tony D'Angelo and signed him for $5 million. Well, then we had to get rid of Oscar Limblom because we had to pay him. Like now these two things are connected in people's minds and you've just pissed them off more. Like even the execution is like, you could have done this better. And then I know we're going to get to JVR too, but like tying that in, what they're doing there doesn't make any sense with all of the other moves that they made and what they said that they're doing. Yes. Like nothing yes. makes sense. Exactly. Like if you're, if you're going to do this shit, and you're going to be like, all right, we're going to get Tony D'Angelo. We're going to we're going to hire Torts. We're going to go. We're going to go for this. Like, you might as well trade the fifth overall pick for Dallas Abrinkit. Like, you might like right. Like, do, do I do I would I have agreed with that move? No, no. but at least it makes sense based on because everything whole, else you've done. Right. The whole reason <laughs> that we said that that didn't make sense is we were like, well, he's only going to be here two years. The timeline doesn't really make sense. Like, this is probably not a great idea. And then we go and get Tony D'Angelo and we sign him for two fucking years for five million dollars. Like, <laughs> what then, are we doing? And then we're now we're not going to get rid of JVR because we don't want to attach a draft pick to him. We're like shitting draft picks into the toilet every day over the last two weeks. All of a sudden now the draft picks are too valuable to attach to James Van Rienzyk to dump him to sign, like, possibly the premier free agent. Shit the beach, baby. Like, what are you doing? Like, either either you're saving the futures because you know that we have to rebuild, or you're shitting the future away because you're going for it now. They don't seem to know which one of those things that they're doing. They're trying to do everything all at once. And in in practice, they're not making anyone happy. And they're not actually doing anything that puts them in any sort of direction no. to be in a good spot. I hear that's a good movie, though. Nothing, nowhere, all at once. People. Sure. Right, cool. But it's just, yeah. it's it's mind-boggling to me. Like I used to be like, hey, maybe all this is going to work. I cannot envision a scenario no. where this no. works. No, I, I no. The, unless, the, as you said, unless John Tortorella does the best coaching job in history. No, like, because like, I, like I, it's abundantly clear that Ryan Ellis ain't coming back. Because why yep. else would you go and spend yep. those assets on on Tony D'Angelo if there was any chance Ryan Ellis is coming back? So he ain't coming back. So your top two defensemen on the right side are going to be Tony D'Angelo and Rasmus Line. Good luck with that. Complete <laughs> chances against. Like, uh, yes, Tony D'Angelo scores a lot of goals, but Tony D'Angelo scored a lot of goals on a very good hockey team with a defensive partner that could cover his bullshit because he's not good in his own end. Like, the Flyers don't have Jacob Slavin. So... Do we actually... Like, okay, let's let's say the Flyers do. Let's say the Flyers do. What Like, this is the roster. They're just kind of done. Maybe they, they don't get they get Goudreau because like, they're, not, they're not willing no. to, to dump oh, JBR or whatever. So this is, this is the roster. They fill it out with, with Morgan Frost and, and Owen Tippett. They sign their restrictor free agents, and then we're good. Who gets pissed off at D'Angelo first and turns this into a gigantic blow-up? Is it John Tortorella or is it Ivan Provorov? Because both of those guys, like, Ooh. Provorov is a guy who when De- the first time D'Angelo yells at him for screwing up, Provorov yep. is not going to like that because Provorov nope. does not like criticism. And then you've got Torts, who, just as a hint, he likes guys to play with structure, and D'Angelo don't do that. <laughs> D'Angelo like, don't play like, that how, game. How did we think this was ever going to be a fit? 
like, like Provorov was the first guy I thought of when they signed Tony D'Angelo be because he had an incident with a Russian player in the past. Yeah. I want it to be Provorov because then we have a chance at a fist fight. Like, it could be like Major League Two where they're fighting each other, but on the bench. Not just in the locker room where we can't see it, like <laughs> like like the Rangers. We have a chance for it to be, like, on TV. So I'm hoping it's Provorov. Uh, just to get... Try to speaking of structure, just try to. I know. Sorry, we we've all over the place. No, no, no. Because uh, listen, I I always say, even if I disagree with a plan, which I'm pretty sure all of us disagree with the plan to begin with, (laughs) if I can at least understand it, then I know. Like you thought about this, you put some thought into this, like the like Charlie said with the Hextall plan. All right, it didn't work, but like he thought about it for more than forty-five seconds. You know, mm-hmm. this was this was a thing he put in motion and then tried to make it work. This just seems like they're throwing shit against the wall. So they buy out they buy out Limblom today. They create a little over three million extra in space. They had none basically to begin with. So yeah. like they, that that is one. Uh, and I sorry to interrupt, but that's one myth I do want to do want to counter. There's a lot of people who when they bought out Limblom. It was like, oh, they're going after Johnny, and like maybe. But the thing is, is that they kind of needed to buy him out post D'Angelo trade just to be able to re-sign to guys like Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett and Zach McEwen and get a backup goalie because their projected backup goalie can't leave Russia. In case you were wondering if there's anything else wrong. Things are going great, guys. Great plan. No, like, like, you, they, you needed, needed Tony D'Angelo $5 million a yeah, year. You they needed that. They didn't need Oscar Limblom's $3 million to go get Johnny. They needed it to have a 23-man yeah, roster. Exactly. Like, that's great. And thank God we're bringing McEwen back. And I say that without being sarcastic. At but, least he's fun. Well, yeah, like, I love him. He's my favorite player on the team at this point. You, you know, what what if you're going to be bad, you might as well be fun. In a way, I'm sort of coming back around on the wrist of line inside, except for the fact that it's five years. But like, hey, if you're going to be bad, he's a real good player to have to be bad because he does stuff and he'll make you lose. <laughs> he's is he, he does new... be doing stuff. <laughs> he's like um, he's almost like Taylor Hall. Like Taylor Taylor Hall has the just lottery luck. But Rasmus Ristolainen, he gets you in that fucking lottery. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> All right, but so they did the Limblom thing. That's done. We've talked for a few months now, because what else has there, you know, been to talk about, about how they're going to have to clear out some space and how maybe some guys really don't want to be back. And, you know, there's players on this team that might not be a fit. There's players on this team who get paid a little too much, and so maybe they need to move them. That hasn't happened yet. They have to say fuck these drafts. Like, Kelly, last week, like, and getting back to the idea that this plan doesn't make sense, when it was just me and Kelly on the show last week, we talked about how maybe this team's a little smarter than they're letting on. Like, they're just saying, like, they're just saying, oh, no, it's an aggressive retool. We expect to compete. And that's why they were out on Debrinket, and that's why they, you know, made the fifth overall pick. All right, they're they're saying it's going to be aggressive, but they're hedging. Um... That's clearly not the case now. Nope. <laughs> so why not attach the draft picks to get rid of these guys? If you have a chance to get an elite player, like whether it's Johnny, whether it's Kadri, like whoever, Kadri, um, Kadri. Like, whoever the fuck, whoever the fuck it is, this team has zero elite players. Right. Like the 2024 Florida pick. Guess that. Guess what that's going to be? The 25th pick. What is the point of it? Attach it to get rid of JVR and that seven million. That's the, I, I, like, yeah. what's the point? 
That's the one today. And I guess we should point out, Charlie, I don't know if you were able to confirm it. I only saw Sam Filippo tweet that the Flyers weren't willing to attach anything to JVR to get rid of him. No, I was um, I was too busy writing a column ripping the Flyers. I really I'm haven't had a lot him. of time to text stuff. Um, it, it I will probably I will probably do that after I finally eat dinner. When we're I mean, there's no reason. Podcast. Yeah, there's no reason to believe that's not accurate. So, I mean, it it it, it, it might be, it might not be. I just don't know. Or like, it could be a negotiation. Yeah, it could be a negotiation a, tactic. To, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, okay, so let's just say though that they're not willing to attach an asset to JVR. Somehow that has become the move that makes the least sense based on everything that you've done up until today. That's the one that's like, well, what, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> You're why stopping do you care here? about the 2020? Yeah. What, why do you care about the 2024 pick? A, buddy, you know, you're not going to be here. <laughs> B, as Bill said, it's going to be a high pick because they're, they're good. A good they're going to win the cup that year. It will they're, be pick they're thirty-two. Real good. <laughs> like this, this is your line in the sand. Your line so in the. You're going to do all this stuff, but your line in the sand is that you're not willing to give up a draft pick to trade away James Van Reems. Like, is that really your line? So in the here's sand? here's why, Charles, because all of this other shit that they've done only makes sense in a universe in which you're going after a big name free agent to make the team better. Yeah. And the only way you do that is to get rid of JVR. And if you are a shitty negotiator, which apparently Chuck is, it seems like other GMs can get rid of contracts. Chuck apparently can't get rid of a contract. So he's got to attach something to it. That 2024 first might as well be like a turd or a boat. Like it really doesn't matter what it is at this point. If you're doing all of this other stuff, there's literally no point in holding on to that pick to keep JVR and not do anything else in free agency. I'm in fairness, you're not totally being accurate uh, in that like other GMs who have been dumping bad contracts these last few days have been giving up assets to do it. It's not that they're just doing it. Like you saw like Matt Murray, they you know, they had to pay to get rid of him. Well, he's like, actually bad. JVR scores goals. I'm sometimes. just saying. I'm just going to save Toronto. There, there were trades on the draft floor that were like that. Like who was that uh um Cassie and they had to trade like like yeah. no, that you Everybody who's trying to trade, who's trading contracts, is having to give up assets with them. But these so, are like, like, let's not go that far. bad players. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we, talk, talk to Flyers fans, and they think James Ramsey like, is actually bad. I know, talk but to normal Flyers people... fans, they think this is all caused by a fucking Kate Smith statue. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love whenever Chuck Fletcher makes a bad trade, and he's like, everybody was going out for this guy. Everybody wanted this guy. The offers, you wouldn't believe the offers that were out there for these guys. Ristolainen, people were lined up down the block for him. Yeah, the team that picked first wanted Ristolainen. That's, that's, that's who you were competing with there. That team. Um, Why do they never like, go for the guy who's actually good that not many people want? Because hmm. they can't identify it. <laughs> yeah, Chuck they Fletcher. Have no idea who those are. Chuck Fletcher heard that somebody else wanted something, so he he was like, "Oh, I should look into that." Like that's it. He fucking he's like the guy like the sidler like oh, oh I, I heard this you hear this it's it's like if I started just getting into bands because Charlie tweeted about them and then I pretended I had good taste in music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thank you, Bill. But but going back to the uh, the, the JVR thing, like uh, Kelly, I'm with you that if you're if you're this far down this path, yes, 
you, you have, have to, to do it. The only here's the only explanation I can think of. This is this is the only one to me. If you're gone down this far enough down this path, you got to give up like the first to get rid of JVR. I would not give up the the. So actually, there, there's two possible explanations I'd be okay with. Explanation number one is that the only way teams are willing to take on JVR is if the Flyers include the 2023 first, which I'm not doing because this team's no. going. This team's going to be if, if that if that's the line, that's fine. Don't yeah, do I'm that, fine with that because too. this, this that could be a top three pick in one of the best drafts in history. I ain't trading that pick for anything. So not for not for Johnny Goudreau because this team I don't think is going to be very good. Number two is if they found out that Goudreau isn't coming to Philly, which he yes. probably isn't. And, and but the, my thing is like teams are probably calling and asking for the twenty three picks because they know Chuck fucking sucks at negotiation. They're like, no, this well, is very for the twenty three. You know how we used to say like teams need to be calling Edmonton just like at yeah. all times. Like Ron yeah. Hextall just needs to be like you up. Like Chuck is Pete. That's Charlie. Chuck. Yeah. That's Chuck now. That's Chuck who we have running this team. Yep. A buffoon. He's um, the guy that other GMs have to call every day to beyond, see what he's doing. He is, he is like, definitely on a run that is not good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the nicest way you could put that. Like, but in terms of creating cap space, all right, we know that JVR, the one year at $7 million, $7 million is, is exorbitant for what he has been the last like year and a half. Um, but, like... Does Travis Konechny have no value? Like, you would have to attach something to Travis Konechny no. to move him? No, like, but, but I mean, I don't think they would want to just dump Travis yeah. Konechny to get Johnny Goudreau. Well, like, Cam Atkinson like yeah. has no value. He also has a semi-no-trade clause. Um, like a, um, I think he's got what's a partial no-trade clause, so that partial. complicates things. Look, my thing is this. If... And... This is why I'm actually not panicking too much about the JVR thing. There's really no reason at all for the Flyers to trade James Van Riemsdyk today. And here's my justification. The only way you pay the price to trade JVR is if you know for an absolute fact that Johnny Goudreau is going to sign with you. If Johnny Goudreau calls you up tomorrow and says, I want to come to Philadelphia, I will sign a seven-year, $10 million contract, $10 million a year contract to sign with you. Clear the space, I'm coming to Philly. Pen to paper, it's going to happen. Then, if you're a GM who's had multiple conversations with other, other teams, you call them up and you say, okay, you, you, you said that it has to be a 2024 first-rounder for you to take JVR, I'll do that deal right now. You do that deal, and then immediately after you announce the Johnny Goudreau signing, boom, you're done. There's no reason to, to, to trade away a first-round pick to get rid of JVR and then find out tomorrow that Johnny Goudreau prefers New Jersey because they're a better run team. Like, that's why I'm not panicking Ugh. yet. This could all just be posturing, but... If if the Flyers are in a situation where Johnny Goudreau tells them I want to come to Philly, they're my you're my top choice. I will sign this deal, and Chuck says, "Oh no no no, sorry Johnny, can't clear the space for you. Go sign with the Devils." Then it's an organizational failure on every single level because it makes none of this make any sense whatsoever. But but even if it's not Johnny, doesn't it need to be somebody else? Who else is out there? Like a Vander Kane? You want him too? We're gonna go all in no, on the scumbags. Thanks, and I'm not gonna Charles. overpay for Kadri. I'm not gonna overpay for Kadri. Absolutely. Yeah, not. he's too old. Sorry, he's yeah. too old. He's gonna well, get too much. Well, if if Calgary gives Gaudreau 
10 million dollars a season they gotta lose somebody right well yeah but it's not gonna be right away i mean and then and keep, yeah. i guess keep the jvr thing in your back pocket yeah if you can trade for matthew kachuk but i don't think that i don't think they're gonna trade him either they'll probably just trade maji upon it and like i, like I mean him. i would take him yeah, yeah. but i'm not gonna trade i'm not gonna give up a first round pick to trade jvr to get andrew maji upon he's a good player he's not a great one there I, forget I still I do want this team to have assets because they're not going to be that good for a while. No, I yeah, but the but the problem is they've already given up so many of them. Not, I mean they <laughs> they they've given up more assets than I want them to, but they haven't aside from the Risto deal, which like we've rehashed that to death. They haven't given up like the big ones. They haven't given up first round picks. They haven't given up top prospects. Like they're they're not they're giving up mid round picks, which I don't I prefer not to give up, particularly for guys like D'Angelo, who I don't think fit well on this team, but. Mm-hmm. To this point, they have avoided giving up the big picks. And even the Ristolainen first, like, yeah, I didn't like that trade because I don't like Rasmus Line as a player. It was a weak first round. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's just, like, the price they've paid to make this defense 0% better over the last two years. And, like, a big part of that, yes, is Ellis. And that's the thing they gave up the least for. It's a wild thing. It's insane. They gave up the least for him. Oh my God. It just blows my mind. What, what can they do? Like, and that's, I wanted to ask, like, they don't possibly buy out Limblom for hypothetical space, right? Like, but as Charlie, as I said, they bought bought him out because they needed the space to sign everybody else. Exactly. It's not, it's not even about the next move, like the next big move. That's not why you do Limblom. You do Limblom because you only had like 19 of 23 guys signed with a hundred grand in the bank. Like you actually needed that money right now. And because Noah Cates is pretty much Limblom, but younger and faster and better right now. So I just like, do you expect do you expect a move to be made to clear space by this time tomorrow? I guess it depends. As Charlie laid out, it depends on if somebody has said that they're going to come here. Which, at this point, like, who in their right mind? I'm going to say no, because I think that Johnny's going to sign somewhere else. I think he's going to the Devils. Like, I would bet my house on it. Yeah, I, I just, mean, it seems like, like they, they have the cap space. They have better young players. Mm-hmm. It just, and, he, and it's still pretty close to home. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh, my God. Everything they've done. It, it, like, I want him so bad just because, like, I think this team's going to suck. So I just want to watch. You want to have really something fun. fun. Awesome player. I, yeah. I love yeah. any talent on this team. Like, and like, <laughs> but, like, it would just be so funny because everything they've done for, like, three years has been about getting Johnny. Like, it's been very obvious to me. Yep. Like, they don't go get Kevin Hayes. They don't appease Kevin Hayes and get him Keith Yandel. Like, bringing in Atkinson, who went to BC. Him and him and Johnny didn't overlap, but him and Kevin did. They're pals. Like, the whole thing has been about doing this thing. And now it's maybe, perhaps, probably not going to happen. It's tragic, but it's also fucking hilarious, and they deserve it. Oh, oh it is hilarious. They deserve it. Like, I don't deserve it to happen to me. Uh, yeah, I we do my don't job. deserve it. Yeah, I do my job. I watch the team. I, I, I love them. But, like, it's fucking hilarious if it's like, yeah, you're just stuck with Kevin Hayes at over seven mil for four more years because, uh, too bad. Yeah. All right. We, before we, we break. hang out. Before we break, I want to talk about the fifth overall pick. Uh, Diamond Cutter Gautier. The man. My guy. They got my guy again. I'm killing it this all. That's the thing that gives me the most confidence in Johnny Goudreau is Torts was my guy. 
<laughs> Cutter was my guy. It's all coming together. Uh, it's all coming like, up, I wanted, I wanted Jim Montgomery, but like I said, we're going to get torts, and we got torts. I kind of like this pick a lot. And it's not just because he has a fun name, but it's a lot because he has a fun name. He's called Bill, actually. Bill <laughs> Gauthier. <laughs> is he really? His name is William. Oh, that's awesome. I like him even more. Is that real or did you make that up, Kelly? No, it's real. Oh, Charlie, isn't his wow. name actually William? Wait, what who are we talking about? Cutter. No, his name's actually Cutter. No, his I name's his Cutter. his first name was William. No, who the heck told you his name was William? His name's actually the Cutter. I think you made that up, Kelly. No, I didn't. I saw He's it I'm somewhere. pretty sure you made that up on the live show last week. No, I think I read that his grandmom actually came yeah. up with the name Cutter. Yeah, he, he explained the, the origin of his name uh, at the draft, that his grandmom saw the word Cutter in a Swedish cookbook and decided it was a cool name. His Wikipedia page... His full name is William Cutter Goatee. Ah, there we go. Kelly wins. Oh, okay. Get fucked, bitches. I told you. Well, <laughs> but someone, like, it's Wikipedia. Like, I Oh, well, Cutter's his middle name. So it's Only not It's not like a nickname there. there. there yeah, okay, yeah, well, then, okay, yeah. you still got a badass name. Yeah. But anyway, I, Charlie's been talking for a little while about, about taking a big swing on a pick. And that's why I really like this. Um, the guy can fucking shoot. Like, he's going to score. And whether he scores at, like, an elite level, if he's able to do other things to create goals, if his floor is scores a bunch on the power play and kind of hurts you, maybe you got to hide him on a third line, that's fine. I, I know it's not ideal with the fifth overall pick, but, man, a guy who scores goals, they never have that guy. And when they do, it's, it's never the guy who shoots and scores. It's fucking mm. Wayne Simmons or JVR who the puck hits them and goes in the net. That's yeah. true. It's exciting were... to actually have a shooter. Shooters got to shoot, and like I- I'm excited about that. And I, I really, who else were you going to pick there? You know, like I, you could pick your check. That's the big, I think, other guy they could have picked. But I mean, Savoy and... wasn't going to go in the top six. He, he, there, and and there are legitimate concerns about Savoy. I mean, he he yeah. does He's not small. he does not currently play anything remotely close to a pro style game. And I have legitimate concerns watching him that he'll be oh Morgan Frost be, that he'll be any good at five on five. <laughs> Like I, I mean, he could be, but he's gonna need he's gonna need to be developed to be good at five on five. And I have no oh, faith. I have no yeah, faith the Flyers are, would be able to do that right. No, we don't. We don't do that. To I mean, let, let me go. This this is what something that like the Recruit. more I thought about it yesterday, the more it kind of bothered me. Uh, so I asked um, Mike O'Connell, the uh, director of um, uh, he's not the director. He, the director of player developments is Shell Samuelson. He's the senior advisor to the GM. Um, who also is, is with a focus on player development, essentially. And I asked him about Ronnie Adder because I was like, Ronnie Adder's a really interesting player because he doesn't have a lot of like obvious comparables. He's a unique player. Like, he's, a, he's a big 6'3 guy who kind of lumbers, but he, he moves pretty well for his size. He's got a big shot. He likes to jump into the play like a Gosses Bear, but he's not super athletic, and he's hyper-aggressive in terms of his defensive reads. Like, there aren't a lot of players that quite fit that mold. He's not a traditional defensive defenseman. He's not a traditional offensive defenseman. He's a weird type of player, but he's a player that could be pretty good. So I asked him, okay, because earlier on in the, in the session, O'Connell had said that like what he likes to do is he likes to give players like players in the NA, he likes to give prospects players in the NHL to watch tape of and try to like model their game after. Like this is what you should do. So I asked him, Adder's an interesting type of guy because he doesn't have a lot of clear comparables. Who would you, you know, who would you tell him to to model his game after? And he thought about it for a little bit, and his his eventual answer was Eric Chernak from Tampa. And the more I thought about it, the more I didn't like it. 
because basically what his explanation was was that for Adder to be an NHLer, he needs to be sound in his own end first. So we're going to have him model his game after Chernak. And then after he gets a handle on that, then we're going to bring the offense. We're going to let him add the other stuff back into his game. Oh, boy. And it's like, I don't think that's how it should work. And I think it was in that that little thing, you're seeing like, all right, this might play into why the development structure. We've been saying this. Like, stop, stop telling them they can't do the shit that they're good at. It's also like, like stop not, it. It's also not what they practice at the pro level because they have five million dollars plus wrapped up in two guys who are fucking awful defensively. Yes, <laughs> that ten million dollar right side is just. Like, uh, I, I, listen, I don't want to fucking get back on the Morgan Frost bullshit again, but like this is precisely what they did to him. They said you're shit in your own zone. Stop doing offense until you can do defense. He's only good at offense. So, like, find a way to foster the offense while developing the defense. They just say no offense, no offense, only defense. And then we end up with a bunch of fucking third-line plugs that are boring to watch. Yeah, like, you that think is Tampa, pretty much like, the entire system. Do you think Tampa system. is going to, like, Tampa would go to Ronnie Adder and be like, mm, I don't know, that's stuff that you're real good at. I don't know if you, got, I don't know if you should be doing that anymore. Let's work on the 200-foot game. Like, no chance. That's why they have good players. Like it just—it scared me because it's like, are they going to screw him up too? Are they going? Yes! Are they going to try to turn Chances him into a defensive or defensive defenseman? And he's not going to be good at that. And they're going to keep him down in the minors because the only way for him to be himself is to be a hyper aggressive defender and not just sit back and like hit people. Yes. And they're going to turn him into something he's not, and then he's never going to reach his potential. Like, is that what's yes. going to happen? Yes, Charlie. Unless you're conceding the blue line and hitting guys into the boards after they've released the puck, you're not playing defense. I mean, and to be clear, Eric Chernak's a great, a great defenseman. He's very good at what he does. I do not think that's Ronnie Adder, and that's I don't the thing, think yes, yeah, and, and I don't like. Why do we have to try to turn Ronnie Adder into something he's not? Like, yes, I just because this it just it really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. To the this organization doesn't know what they're doing. Tear no it all down. Clue. <laughs> Tear it it's really, all down. It's it's becoming more and more apparent. Uh, any other thoughts on Cutter uh, before we? Uh, I before I we like break? the pick. I, I mean, I made it clear that like he wouldn't be the player I would have taken. I would have you taken like Yer- the defense. Yeah, I would have taken Yurichek. I mean, I really wanted Logan Coley. He was my dream, and he didn't slip, which I didn't think he was going to. But like, there was a chance, and I, and I do think. I, I do think that um that the Flyers would have taken Logan Coley. Here's one thing that that I I tweeted this out. And it, it ended up not mattering. What I heard, because I was in Montreal at the draft. I was there multiple Ooh. days. I mean, I, I had an amazing time. It was such Yay. a good trip. Um, it looked awesome. But, How was the uh, team? Um, it was fine. I had it once. Um, oh. But anyway, um, I had heard that, and I heard this like a couple days before the draft, that if in some scenario that Shane Wright slips, I don't think the Flyers are that high on him. Oh my god! And I well, that think, just seals it right there. He's going to be fucking awesome. I think <laughs> that the Flyers were so relieved when he went fourth. Yeah, because it was real close. Because I think if he would have been there, they like their scouts would have been like, "Don't take him," and the Flyers would have gotten killed for passing on him in favor <sighs> of Cutter Gauthier. So, because my understanding is that they would have taken Cooley over Gauthier. But they like Gautier more than Wright. And that you know would why? have been wild. 
Do you know why? Why? Do you know why they liked him more? Because he's bigger. Because he's bigger. <laughs> Big beefy boy. Kelly, 100%. Kelly, we talked about this. We talked about I know. If you do something right for the wrong reason, you still made the right choice. I would like to point out that Cutter's a bit dead behind the eyes, and it bothers me. I oh, really makes, liked his explanation plan. of the pineapple on pizza. He thought about it. Like, he's not just droning <laughs> on. He puts thought into his answers. That's I hockey sense, baby. I think he's smarter than people are giving him credit for. But, Everyone's down on his hockey IQ. He's got a high IQ. But go, going back to my point, I, Cutter Gauthier is not the player I would have taken, but I'm fine with the pick for everything that Bill said, in that they needed to take a big swing at some point. He's a big swing guy. And I don't think, like, he wants to be in the NHL in a year. A year. I, like, I'm not, I'm fine with taking some time with this guy. Like, he needs to learn how to play center. He does. And, like, he, yeah, he only wants to stay in the NCAA for a year. I'm fine if he stays for two. Like, he's kind of a project. He's got all the physical tools. He's got a great shot. I've watched him in development camp for two days. He's not an amazing skater, but he's a good skater. For his size, he's a good skater. He's got legitimately good puck protection ability from what I've seen so far. You just, like, you need to see it pop a little bit more. And, you know, I'm not sure if rushing him up to the NHL is the right move to to get his skills to pop. I don't want him to turn into another Pavel Zaka. It would be better for all of us if we let the college coaches develop him. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, my, oh, hey. fear with, my fear with him is he turns into another Pavel Zaka, which is like he's an NHL player, but he's like just a dude because he's just not smart enough like on the ice to be more than just a dude. Mm-hmm. Which could well, happen. But it. you know what? You had, to take, you had to take a big swing at some point. So like I have concerns whether he can stick at center. I have concerns about his hockey IQ. I don't have a problem with them taking a shot on this because it's not like the other guys like didn't have question marks too. Like David Yurichek isn't that great of a skater. He very he like his worst case scenario is he's Rasmus the line in version two point no, He could be. He could well, also that's not be, our problem. He could also be Marit yeah. Sider two point But like like there's a there's a downside with him, definitely. As I said, I have concerns about Savoy's ability to actually be a good five on five player. He could be super dynamic and great. He could also be like, you know, Morgan Frost. Oh, good. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break here. On the other side, I want to get a little more into the Tony D trade uh, and a few other Ooh, things boy. before we wrap it up. But we're going to break here and then come back with that. Uh, so everyone prepare for what I'm sure will be a spirited and logical <sighs> conversation. I'm already so hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, listen to this advertisement for a product and or service to get you in the mood for a little Tony D talk. All right, fam, we are back. And I just want to talk about the price paid to, uh, mm. to not only acquire D'Angelo, uh, but just how they've revamped this defense over the last few years and done. And again, it would be better if Ryan Ellis played. Like, That'd be great. Maybe. Yeah, but that's not happening. That. What a world that would yeah. be. Yeah, but that's not happening, and no, as much as I want to like give Chuck a pass for that, no, he gets no benefit of the doubt. Uh, but I just want to focus on what it took to create this defense that they have. So they have acquired over the last <laughs> over the last two seasons, they have acquired Tony D'Angelo and re-signed him for two years at five million. Rasmus Ristolainen, who was re-signed at five years and five point one million. And a seventh round pick. And all it took to make that happen was sending out Shane Gostisbehere, Robert Haig, the 14th overall pick last year, 
three second round picks, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, and a seventh rounder. They've gotten zero percent better. No, seems like bad asset management. Like if anything, they've got Ghost worse. and Hag. Ghost and having Ghost and Hag would be the exact same thing as having D'Angelo and Ristolainen. They are it's, the same. Yeah, but it is cheaper. the same. You just gave up a bunch of shit and a bunch of money to get them. Right. You'd have like eight million dollars. It's more fucking unbelievable how bad this guy is. It, 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 and like like Charlie said, the problems with this organization extend beyond Chuck Fletcher and the Chuck Fletcher uh, tenure here. It -hmm. goes back a long time. It is a cultural problem uh, of just not being able to outspend everybody. They used to be able to, and they were good, and now they cannot, so they stink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 basically true right there. And, like, like, we talked about this briefly earlier, but with D'Angelo, are we actually expecting this guy to play on the top pairing with Ivan Provorov? Is this the expectation? Yes. Because well, if, I hate yes. this world if that's the case. But like, Where what, else is he going to go? Exactly. Like if I know, if, it's if, terrible. If, if, if we've come to the conclusion that Ryan Ellis is just not going to play, at the, at the very least for the start of the season, he's not going to play. He's a figment of our We assume that they like the Ristolide and Sanheim pairing. Yeah, so, they refused to bake, break it up last yeah. year. So. so, like, where else does he play? I guess he plays in the first pair. I oh guess. Oh, my God. That's you where he played last year with Carolina. Yeah, and I'm sure that that's what those fucking jackasses in the front office are like, well, he was a first pair defenseman, and they were really good. And it's like, mm, were there Look at those points factors? he put up. Man. You know, you can't beat and that. And he started all of his shifts outside of his own blue line. Now, yeah. I want to try. Boy. I want to try. I want to try to not just shit all over it. It's, no. it's a bad move. It's a bad move for a number of reasons, most yes. of which, uh, like, uh, many of which are hockey-related. Like, yeah, a, a good team a good team could maybe put up with Tony D'Angelo, but this is so far from a good team. But all right, let's just take a step. Let me lay out a scenario. With John Tortorella as coach, the team itself is going to be better defensively. Uh, mm-hmm. it, like, they won't be as bad as they were last year. One, it's impossible. Not. Two, two, John. <laughs> like, I don't know, that top one, pairing's pretty rough. It might be 1% better, but the team as a whole, the team as a whole will be better defensively with John Tortorella as the head coach. On top of that, we have been calling, we have been calling Tony D'Angelo basically Shane Gostas Bear for this entire show. There was a time where those two were an excellent top pairing together. We thought, like, okay, problem solved. We have our top pair. And what skill set works perfectly? Stop shaking your head at me, Steve. (laughs) I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit. What skill set works best next to Ivan Provorov, who, when he's actually playing well, which I expect him to be better than last year, he can't be that bad. He can't be. We've seen him play better than that. The skill set Tony D'Angelo brings is what complements is what complements Ivan Provorov, who is supposed to be pretty damn good defensively. It could work. So here's the thing. <laughs> like I am as I'm I have a, as I have a thousand times on this show, I am going to completely disregard the fact that he's a piece of shit. There are a whole lot of pieces of shit in the NHL. Blissfully, we haven't had to root for a lot of them. We've had to root for quite a lot of them over the years, and we've all done it. I'm not saying I like Tony D'Angelo as a person. I don't, I'm not saying that I'm glad that we signed him. 
he is going to do some things while on this hockey team that we are all going to enjoy. He's going to score goals. He's going to be good on the power play. He probably will make Provorov better if they can form some kind of chemistry because he is precisely the kind of defenseman that he needs. That said, all of the things that make Tony made Tony Angelo good, to, Jesus Christ, Kelly, Tony D'Angelo good in Carolina are not really things that I think John Tortorella prizes in a defenseman. So if we are to assume that the coach is going to ask him to pull back on his offense, is he going to be what he was in Carolina? Probably not. We have made note several times since the Tortorella hiring, just in overall philosophy. He did allow... Now I'm doing it. Wierenski and Jones, he did allow them a lot more rope. Now, those guys are considerably better than the two players we're talking about right now. But how else will this team generate offense? Like, that's, where is it going to, especially if they don't make any moves in free agency. Like, they gave Tony D'Angelo this money to go out and boost this fucking offense. It, yeah, it, for yeah, no other works. reason. It's they the give only thing that it's, it's the, good It's at. the power play, which, I mean, in yeah, fairness. He is good I, on the power play. The funny thing is, I actually had a big debate about this um, with, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but it, it's someone who, like, people like people would know around the Flyers. He's not, like, doesn't, he's not, a, he's not in the Flyers front office, but he's, like, someone, and, and that person Oscar's was very much, this was months ago, that person was very much gung-ho about the idea of, bringing in Tony D'Angelo. And one of his justifications was D'Angelo will turn around the power play. And my thing is that, like, do I think D'Angelo will help the power play? Sure. He's a better power play quarterback than what Shane Gossespierre had become by the end, by better than Ivan Provorov, definitely. Way better. And huh. better than Keith Yandel, what Keith Yandel was by the end. So yeah, whoa, he'll be whoa, better. Whoa, hold the phone. Keith Yandel? No way. No, not definitely not better than Keith. Um... The thing is, is that, like, to me, the biggest problem with the Flyers' power play is that they don't have one single guy that teams are scared of. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think that that's, on almost any power play in the league, a defenseman. Like, no. it's a, it, it might be for Colorado, but also Colorado has has Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog yeah, like, and, like, four other players, so, like, who cares? Like, yeah, McCarr is awesome, but all their other players in the power play are and, awesome, too. And so, McCarr like, might they be gotta a try top to guard two everybody. player in the league. <laughs> like, yeah, and then, yeah. like, when Shea Weber was healthy, yeah, you had to worry about Shea Weber because he might actually kill you. If, yeah, you will die. Yeah, if you were in the way of his shot. But beyond that, like, a good, a, even a really good defenseman up top is not, like, gonna be the guy who terrifies p- penalty kills. Like, you still need that other guy. So, like, getting D'Angelo and just D'Angelo is not gonna be, like, the 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 cure-all. To it's not a singular fix, play. no. Yeah, like, they need to then do something else. Yeah, they need a guy that forward. he gets the puck to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, there's a reason. Well, that'd be nice. There's a reason, like, all of a sudden Shane Goss's bear wasn't very good on the power play anymore. Wasn't what he was at all. Uh, and it kind of coincided with, you know, the cross-ice between G and Jake going away. And those two not being quite as dynamic a pair anymore. Yeah, and losing like, Wayne Simmons. Those, yeah. those two, yeah, and losing Wayne Simmons. Like, those things all kind of went hand in hand. Uh, I just, I, I think, I think piece, D'Angelo will help the power the play. I do not yeah. think he's going to fix the power play. Yeah. And I think... They they paid this price with the hope 
that he will fix the power play, and I think that's ambitious. Now, as for the Provorov thing, Bill, you raise an interesting point because I have made the case that Ivan Provorov, his biggest weakness is not defensively but offense, is that yeah. he fumbles the puck too much, he's too slow too in terms slow. of in terms of, you know, kind of figuring out what he's going to do. Like, he can be creative, he does have skill, but it's very deliberate. And if you look at his underlying numbers, they kind of bear that out. His defensive numbers and even strength, his isolated impacts, RAPM model, they've generally been good defensively. It's on the offensive side where he he drags. And yeah, this stylistically on the ice, it could work. There is the potential for this to work. What I do worry about, on one hand, I worry about the fit with Tortorella. I just it's not it's not that Tortorella is an only defense guy. He's not. That's an unfair critique of him. What he is not is only. he's like, look, you got to play with structure and you got to play the way I want you to play. And if you do that, I will give you the freedom to do the fun stuff. And he will. He's not bullshitting you. He did that with Seth Jones. He did that with Zach Wierenski. He let them play the Rover style, but they had to meet him halfway. I do not know if, if Tony D'Angelo is capable of meeting a coach halfway. I'm not sure. Maybe he is. But I have my skepticism that he's, he's going to be able to meet a coach like John Tortorella halfway. And if he's not, they're going to clash. And then you're going to see within a month him getting scratched. And then it's going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the other side, <laughs> I worry about the personal fit between D'Angelo and Provorov as a yes. pairing. Yes. You have a guy like Provorov, who we know does not deal with criticism well. Then you have a guy like D'Angelo, who is a well-known hothead. Mm. No. I'm just, I'm just saying this seems to me like a potential powder keg if you make them into an every-night pair. Maybe well, it'll work. Or maybe Ivan Provorov is... will punch Tony D'Angelo in the face. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying there's precedent. You know, there's there's no way to tell what's going to happen here. I But, you know, the important thing is Tony D'Angelo did previously vote for John Tortorella as his coach of the year because he's the only Italian coach in the league. So we got that going for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got the Paisan Brotherhood. Like, think- <laughs> Can I call him Tony Meatballs? Yes, yes, that's that? the name. Okay. That's the name. Frankie will allow it. All right, uh, excellent. <laughs> like... I'm I'm trying here. I, I will say, like, getting you're trying. Into, you're you're trying a lot into, harder than me. Getting into what Provi and uh, and D'Angelo could be, just as a potential skill set match. Um, it gets to the the core of the issue with this roster. Man, you know what that sounds like? A real nice second pair. Real right? nice second pair. <laughs> and also, like, even they don't have any of those guys. Even if the two of them work perfectly together and we get old Ivan Provorov back because we have a guy next to him that can do what needs to be done they get along everything's great it's a great top pair um what precisely does that do given the fact that the rest of the roster is what it is like (laughs) is it is it another like 10 points in the standings because now we have a competent first pair like okay cool Great, cool story. I, I just, I'm still stunned that, it, <laughs> the funny thing is when this is going to end up being the the top move, the only big move they made all offseason. It, it actually works and everything else blows up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, stunned, I'm stunned. I'm stunned that the, the Flyers. Captain. Everyone loves it. 
Oh my god! Just you know what? If you're gonna go nuts, go nuts, right? But like, I'm stunned that this might end up being the biggest move of the off season, and the Flyers are like, yeah, this is worth the PR hit. This is totally fucking worth it. Like, oh my god, what an organization! They clearly thought it was. I mean, you don't yes. make this move unless you think it's worth the PR hit, which is which tells me that they think they think that Tony D'Angelo is like really, really going to help this team. <laughs> like, really, really good. Because you don't do this what otherwise. A, what a joke. What and a joke of an organization. What if he becomes us- captain and he replaces the Kate Smith statue with the Columbus statue? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's going to put them together right in front then, of the Wells Fargo has, Center then, next to Ed Snyder. He has made Philadelphia great again then. That's, you know. Uh, that's I'll all. tell that's you what, God. Flyers fans will love it. As as I said on Twitter, section definitely. Will. As I said on Twitter, when we asked you to make the Flyers great again, we didn't mean like this. I just uh, oh jeez, it is it is what it is at this point. Well, There's, okay, we so do we? So during this podcast, the insiders, who I'm assuming got this directly from Johnny Goudreau's agent at the same time, um, oh, no. all reported that Johnny Goudreau is going to be testing free agency tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's so he's I a mean, devil by two p.m. <clears throat> He was never a special. He was never not going to hit the market. Like yeah. Calgary's maybe still on the table, but you would resign months ago. Yeah. If, oh yeah, if, and especially because you gets get to the this eighth point year and signs now. You would get and, the eighth year out of them, and you know yeah. all the. You can clearly tell Calgary was the one like leaking the info earlier, going like, "Well, we, you know, we offered him a lot of money. We offered just him eighty million no, bucks. No, well, like, they're they're trying to they're trying to ease the blow when he leaves. Yep. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to be like, see, we offered him all this cash, see? which they did. I don't doubt they did. I just oh, think I'm sure he wants they to did. Leave. Why the fuck wouldn't we, they? We tried. Should have been an MVP candidate this year. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Zero to ten confidence scale. Ryan Ellis plays at all in this upcoming season. One. Zero that he starts the season. One that he plays at all. Negative six. Well, if I had to be realistic, I'd sorry, probably I was, say more I was, like I was a three. firing back at an asshole on Twitter. <laughs> Get him. Now I, I would say more well, like a three if I was being realistic. I'm not. Zero I'm not to very ten. Optimistic. Charlie, zero to ten, your confidence level. Ryan Ellis plays at all for the Flyers this upcoming season. Um, like a four. He might play at some point. I don't think he's going to play to start the year. I think, yeah, I mean, but he might play at some point. It's pretty clear we will not be seeing him uh, on opening night. I, I think they sure doesn't basically, seem like it. no, yeah, ma'am. They've, they've basically told us that. I. The more this goes on, I have, like, no confidence. I don't want to say zero, but, man, one or two, is, I guess. Let me ask you a question. Is there a move that Chuck could make that would get you back on board? Like, if he does somehow pull Johnny, are you, like, back? If they get Johnny, I'm at least back to the point where I can sort of see what the plan is. Yeah. Like, I, I still don't agree with it. I still don't right. think it's a good plan. But at least it's like, all right, you know, we're just, like, we're going balls to the wall here. Sure. I'll just... I'll just be happy that we get to watch an awesome player with a cool story. Um, That'll be fun. You know. We're definitely going to get a pajamas picture. (laughs) We definitely will. It's like buying a Ferrari when you're in debt, right? It's a terrible idea, but it'll be fun for a little bit. No, like, uh, Les Bowen tweeted today, like, do do you really need, like, shiny new 20-inch rims when the car needs a new engine? And I'm like... (laughs) If the car is never, ever going to run, and I have to look at it every single day, make it a little prettier. You know, make it a little prettier. Um, 
it's it's an interesting question. Like, what would what would get your faith in in Chuck Fletcher back at this point? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, he would have to make a bunch of really good moves, and I just the way that they're set up cap wise, like, I just don't know how he could. That's the thing. Like, even if he does do one big thing, like everything else has been so bad. Yeah, it's just it's said. just hard to look at all of the moves that he's done in succession and think that he's good at his job. He's just not. You know what they say? The only way out of a hole is to keep digging. Uh, that is what they say. Uh, just looking at the potential for anything fun to happen. Uh, mm. some I mean, rookies. the fun thing is Goudreau. That, that's the fun yeah. thing. No, yeah, like, outside players fun. But, like, Bobby Malkin. Brink. Bobby Brink oh. was going to be something fun. Yeah, yeah but now guess he's hurt. what? Now he's hurt. <laughs> and guess what happened? He's got uh, a fucking... And it's not just, like... It's never, like, oh, yeah, he broke his foot. He's going to be fine. Like, no. No, it's a hip it's injury. It's a hip injury. No, yeah. of course. Of course but you know what a hip injury is. <laughs> it's a core Never issue. goes away. That whole area, again. The whole yeah. middle part. Nipples to knees. Nipples to balls. <laughs> <laughs> All broken. I'm glad you coined uh, that one, Kelly. Like, how does this keep happening? How does it? Yes. Like, I, Great I question, Charles. How I made the a joke. Fuck? I made a joke on the overnight show last night. You know what vaccine the Phillies need? Something for uh, hand injuries. The Flyers could really use something for these uh, just core issues. Just anything. Again, nipples to knees. Like, stop. How does this keep happening? Is why anyone do, why are our players so injury prone? Yes, in the same place. Like what? This is has happening? to be some sort of training issue. It has to be. It's You'll a curse, never guys. Convince it's, me otherwise. It's a curse. Okay, they got to get a shaman in here. God bless America. <laughs> oh, no. Shut up. I think it's a different curse. <laughs> it's, it's it's all it all ties together. Uh, but so Bobby Brink, uh, maybe he'll be fine. Maybe we're just overreacting. But no. um, once again, once again, no reason for optimism when it comes to injuries with this uh, with this organization. No reason to give them the benefit of the doubt in any of these situations. It's a bummer because Brink, he only put up the four points in 10 games, didn't exactly set the world on fire, but um, looked like one of the more dynamic players on the team. Seemed he looked more fun. fun to watch than anyone yes. else on the roster, basically, minus a couple of guys. God forbid and- we have a single fun player. Do we have like what are our two games of Wade Allison weren't enough? <laughs> What's up with him? Is he also still dead? <laughs> no, he's healthy apparently he for now. Oh he's my healthy. god, has someone locked him in a fucking padded <laughs> Shut room? Him like, down. don't let him out. He's of healthy, the house. sure, Jen. <laughs> he's on uh, quarantine. But, like, Allison is on the list of like the more veteran prospects, like Ratcliffe. Al- a- a- Allison, higher upside and everything. Yeah, yeah. Sandstrom. Lizinski's coming Jesus back from Christ. double hip yeah. surgery, so he'll be back. I'm, That'll be great. That'll be really I good. I still care about Ratcliffe. I love what I saw out of Ratcliffe last year. I mean, but whatever. Some of the younger, the younger guys we haven't got a good look at yet. Uh, uh, Forrester, uh, Desnoyers, Wisdom. I was going to say, Desnoyers looking a little spicy in the dev Ooh. camp. Give me some Desnoyers. I want him on the team. No, I mean, there, I've heard some people that think, he, that think he could take a run. I mean, I just don't know where like where they all fit. Like to me, Noah Cates is a lock. You've got yeah. Morgan Frost. As long as you don't trade him, Owen Tippett's going to be around. I just don't know where the room is. But like, I like Dano Oye. He's a fun player. Spy um, Morgan. Yeah, wisdom's Tiny. around. Well, yeah, but like Dano Oye's. I don't think Dano is a center in the NHL. He's a wing. He's Neither's Morgan Frost. Well. <laughs> <sort of laughs> 
Forrester, I think, will probably need some time because he spent most of last year injured, yeah. so he'll probably yeah. need some time. Wisdom, still physically issues, ready, right? but I don't know if he's fully ready for the pace. He probably could use some time in the AHL to get used to that. Brink is hurt. Denoyer is interesting. Allison is ready if he can ever stay healthy for more than a couple weeks at a time. Lazinski is ready, I think, if he can get over this hip thing. Um, they got guys. I mean, they'll have better yeah. depth this year, to be sure. Definitely better well, organizational depth, unless, again, everybody gets hurt, which yeah. you never know. It's the Flyers. Yeah. You're 22, 23 Philadelphia Flyers. They got guys. Got guys. And they're no, gone. Like, like, that's the Charlie just... Like, the, <laughs> like, Charlie, like, the two guys that we mentioned, Allison and Lazinski, it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're NHL players. Uh, they're never ever healthy, so no. nah, in fairness, Lazinski never had injury issues until these hip problems. Yeah. He was yes. like always healthy, and then he had the hip problems. So maybe he just had real friggin' bad luck. Allison has like always a trainer been. that's like actively training them in a way that makes you hurt your hips. Like what the fuck is like? It's all in they're the hips. They, it's all in the hips. <laughs> they Feel hired like Chubbs like... Peterson. Yeah, Chubbs. <laughs> <laughs> He's in heaven. I'm sorry. There's just nothing you can do. Um. Who who is this show play is going ba- off the rails? So I love it. <laughs> who is going to play backup goaltender? You're maybe you. Felix Sandstrom. Maybe they bring back Martin <laughs> Jones. Like looking at this list, I'm, it's I, real bad. I, I put together wrong. a list, and there are some I, names I, on here. I, I but said, man, I got it. I got it stumped for for my boy Cal Pickard here. It's got to be Cal Pickard, no, right? You're not yeah, put me Cal through Pickard. that again. <laughs> no, that's I assume that again. Could I assume it was what's his dick, Mike? Alex Lyon, Calder Cup winning Alex Lyon. I honestly believe, looking at this list, Alex Lyon might be the best option. He probably is. I mean, hey, Alex Lyon, we need to get him in the NHL because isn't he suspended for the first, like, two games of next season in the AHL for giving the finger on TV after they won the cup? (laughs) He sure is. That's a perfect flyer right there. He's a legend. Oh, I'm in, man. I'm in. Alex Lyon. Great guy. I'm not being sarcastic. He really is a great guy. Was the Calder Cup on TV? Yeah, I guess so. I think it usually is, honestly. How did, they, how did he do? Oh, probably like NHL Network, I guess. He went like, like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the picture. Kelly, we're on a podcast. It's only audio. No one could see that. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys could see Take it. a screenshot, Kelly. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like, like, literally, like, look at this list of, back, of potential backup options. They're all bad. They're all I, bad. Honestly. I'd rather like, honestly, Jones. Felix Sandstrom and Alex Lyon and Martin Jones are the best. Like, are the best of the bunch. Thomas Grice fits the new Flyers culture. Oh, yeah. He's going to fit right in with Tony Meatballs over there. <laughs> I don't I don't even know anything about Thomas Grice. I'm going to pretend not to. He's, well, he's uh, German. Thomas, Thomas Grice is actually, like, <laughs> in, my, in, my, uh, in my free agency story, he was, like, the one goalie who I was, like, you know, like, he was real bad last year and he's old, but, like, before that he was good. Then it's like, but didn't he have like a swastika on his like, helmet one time? Yeah. Like he had like an S, I think he had the SS. Oh, the SS him. thing. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yikes. What a guy. Yikes. Yikes. Ah, yeah. What about uh, the so Hamburglar guys? The Hamburglar's there. Like, are they going to. Are they going to just go with Sandstrom? But, but again, like, Sandstrom. this is, this is another one of these things where you're like, okay, you're going to try to win now, and you're going to hire John Tortorella, and you're going to try to get Johnny Goudreau, and then you're going to go with Felix Sandstrom as your backup to a goalie in Carter Hart, who I really like, but, like, always gets banged up a couple times. And also, like, what what good team in the NHL has, like, 
an old school number one, number two goalie situation at this point. Like it's all one A, one B with the good teams. Like you can't have a backup goalie that's going to pay play like twenty games. Like even going into the playoff, like okay, in the playoffs you name your guy and he's your guy, but just you want that guy to be healthy, right? So right, you know you're gonna have to spell him during the regular season. We're gonna throw the loads. We're gonna throw Felix (laughs) Sandstrom out there. Like, uh, listen, Louis Domingue had like two miracle playoff games, so I think he's perfect. Why not? Why not? Who gives a shit? Yeah. He has a cookbook. That's charming. Um, it is charming, Giroux, actually. I, I like where that. does Claude Giroux end up? Florida. That's a really good question. I have no idea where Claude's going to end up. In I here. keep seeing Ottawa mentioned, yeah. but like... What? I don't think he's going to go is to he Ottawa insane? because I, I really... Well, although, to be fair, <laughs> um, while we're watching Chuck Fletcher light himself on fire, somehow Pierre Dorian is now a good general manager. <laughs> And is actually doing things to make the Senators good. So maybe he will want to go there. I just think that Drew is obviously the kind of guy that if he retires without a Stanley Cup, like is not going to be able to sleep at night for the rest of his life. So I feel like he's going to want to chase it again. And I don't know if Otto is the place that you're going to do that just yet. He's definitely going to go there if he wins to retire. He'll definitely go there. Yeah, my my understanding of, of the Ottawa thing is that the family, like, I think his wife would love to go back to Ottawa. I oh, think sure. he, he has to know, because she's from Ottawa. He's from Hearst. She's from Ottawa. It's nearby. I, I, I think it's that nearby. it comes down to, like, if he goes to Ottawa, he has to know he's probably not chasing a cop. So it's like, does he want to continue to chase a cop? And I, I, I hope he does, because I want to see Claude Drew Me win too. a Stanley Cup. Me too. I don't think I that's wanna, happening in Ottawa. I just want to connect these dots real quick. What if he goes he, to Colorado? He, he only wanted to go to Florida because that's where his family wanted to be. And the other option then is Ottawa? <laughs> but on, he wouldn't Ryan. go to Colorado. When you put it like that. <laughs> but he wouldn't go to fucking Denver. A nice place. Yeah, uh, we need Ryan to play ball. I'm just... Let whatever. him chase his cup. Finally... I, I, I don't understand it either, Bill. I'm with you. Finally, what is a reimagined event level? And is it anything like a, uh, I don't know, renovated space? From what I'm I understand, hoping... it's um, After you. taking out walls so that they can sell more tickets with people standing around. I, I feel Who like it's going to be like going to pay to watch this. I game? think it's going to be like a bougie, a bougie assembly room. Oh boy, is the vibe I'm getting. Wait, the assembly room isn't bougie enough. It's got like leather couches and it's fireplaces. It's all the way the fuck up there, and there's. No I know, but that's bougie. <laughs> so wait, where's the event level then? It's what they're replacing the club level with. They're getting rid of I all see. The, the clubs and doing like a, a more open concept club level. Well, where's the goddamn spectrum room? I only know this room? because... Um, I've asked for the spectrum room time and time again. They gave yeah. me the disassembly room. Spectrum. It's a piece of shit that doesn't even exist anymore. The spectrum room. Make it grimy as hell. Spill beers all over the place. It like reeks of cigarettes from 15 years ago. It's perfect. I did get burned with a cigarette at the spectrum once. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bill, get, Bill will burn you with cigarettes in the spectrum room. Yeah, you gotta pay extra for that. <laughs> it honestly, that's <laughs> basically the equivalent of what watching this team's gonna. I, I really didn't. I thought we I'd come away from this show being a little more positive, and you guys did nothing to help me. So thank you. Oh, I, mean, I mean, last week I was. Remember, <laughs> last week I was talk even in um on the live show. Remember, Steve, I was talking myself or the. Oh, you you were so positive, I and I just was it. like ready to like light the world and on fire, and you're like, just like, well, 
I don't know what why would they do. All right, let's uh, let's let's just end the show forever. No, <laughs> what a fucking jumbly mess of a show. So this, was. this is are our. You still uh, listening, it always happens. This was this was our pre-free agency show. We are planning on doing a later That's week. Uh, reaction show hopefully a celebration of the return home of johnny goudreau but it will all in likelihood be yet another um descent John, into please. madness and despair they're gonna sign a, a boring third pair defenseman right-handed shot and Nate thompson fuck yes and then bring back martin jones and call it a day baby Oh good. Hey, That's I you know, on some level Goudreau. I'd be happy about that because that means I get to go to the Foxing concert tomorrow night. So like, I mean, if they do nothing, I might be able to get my article done by like 6 p.m. and then go see a concert I really want to see. So just go. Chuck, let fun let, as fun, as, fun as Johnny Goudreau live. would be. Would love to go to that show, Chuck. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio. At least for the start of this week, we are planning on doing another show uh after free agency some things happen perhaps we will let you know about that when it drops but until then thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom content baby we're back look how committed we are we're talking about doing another show this week we're in tell your friends maybe give us a five-star review all that stuff all right for steve for kelly for charlie my name is bill Matz. have a great week everybody